And now, here's Matt Mosley. It is Matt Mosley. Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas. Rolling through a Monday. Bears are Big 12 champions. We do have none other than Kevin Longquist on the line. Kevin, we were just doing something. I think you would uh, you would enjoy this. It, it, it may be kind of a new promotion on the station. A chance to watch a game. And I, we could do maybe a basketball game or a football game. Watch a game with Mosley. Uh, now, Kevin, as a guy who has spent a little time in the press box with me, would that be like a punishment, you think, to our listeners? Or, or do you think that would be an enjoyable experience? I occasionally I'll wander over to where you are in the press box and spend some time with you. And Kevin, do you find, are, are you able to be as productive when I am over there kind of visiting with you during a ball game? So which answer do you want? You want the radio answer? Or you want the real answer? So, so um, now, actually, if you watch a game with Matt, you'd get a lot out of it. I, I honestly say that. Now, you would have to enter at your own risk, but at the same time, I think uh, Matt would be a great uh, observer to, so that you could learn some things from him. So I've, well, you and I watched many Rangers games back in the uh, mid to late 90s and then beyond that. So, and of course, we saw a few Baylor games this year as well. So, I mean, there are a lot of things that, we could, uh, that you could share with uh, your audience that would be of great help to them. Now, you know, you, you I have to bring this up. I've never brought this up with you. You once told my buddy Todd Wills and your buddy, too, uh, early in my radio career in Dallas, uh, and, and, and Todd broke your confidence and told me what you'd said. You, This was after the Arlington days when we'd spent several years together, and I guess right. I'd been over to Morning News, and, and Todd Wills tells me, he says, yeah, Longquist says that you've gotten very cocky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I always love that. So, I, 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 but, but here's the thing. I would say that I probably we need to look in the mirror, look in the mirror as well for for, uh, for uh-huh. doing that, for saying that. Since uh, I think all of us in this industry, you know, let's be honest here, we all kind of feel pretty pretty valued about our opinions about what we think about things and even if we're wrong we're still going to try and kick the can down the road and say well see it was because of this versus yeah. that but i am going to come out and say that i did pick baylor to beat oklahoma state 23 to 20 and i said spencer sanders is going to do some things in this game that are going to allow the bears to win this game and here we are with four interceptions in the bears Really, you know, Matt, we can talk about the Jerron McVay play that uh, – Jerron McVay play that saved the game, of course. But really, maybe this game was won from the standpoint that the Bears' defense made two other goal line stands that held the, the Cowboys to six points rather than touchdowns. I mean, that, that was huge. That obviously set up McVay's play that saved it. Yeah, I uh... – I, I, I like that you brought that up after the game. I thought that was a good angle because I think you're right that if they score touchdowns on even one of those drives, we're talking probably about yeah. a different outcome. Now, of course, right. Baylor, you know, missed two field goals. I mean, that kid's been sure. great all year, and they get one yeah. block by the Conley. That's a Waco Conley kid. Corey Black blocks it, right. and then Ebner's back there dropping. You know, did you notice after, you know, Treston's had a great career. I'm just so glad, aren't you, that we can't blame today because – Think about all the people we could point a finger at. We'd be oh, if, yeah. if Baylor loses that game, we're saying Ebner muffs the punt. 
we're saying the kid misses the two field goals, one blocked, and one he just pushes left on a 39-yarder. I mean, there's a lot of blame to go around. Also, Dave Aranda. I mean, we're pointing yeah, our – we're saying, hey, Dave, what you doing, buddy? We're on the, uh, Bears are on their own 36. You're up 21-6. Yeah. Why, why wake a sleeping dog? I mean, Bears right, are playing really good defense. I mean, I did did, did you um, – what did you I, – I asked Aaron this earlier. What, Kevin, in that moment – that I know it wasn't out of character for him. I get all that. But in right. that moment, sometimes in my, my point earlier was you have to kind of watch the game in front of you. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I get that I get that they like going for it, but sometimes you have to kind of watch what's happening in front of you and adjust. What was your gut feeling when you saw Baylor line up to go for it on their own thirty six? Well, I didn't like it. I didn't agree with it at all. I thought they should have punted it. And uh, I think the one thing about and here's where the analytics, where everyone, and I'm not saying that Dave and his staff are slave to analytics, but this is where analytics can get you into trouble versus the feel for the game and how it's flowing and pinning and putting Oklahoma State in a really difficult spot. I understand the move to go for it because if you get the first down and you're able to move it down and perhaps you at least kick a field goal or whatever, you're up 24 to 6 and you've made it a three-score game, and you've made it really, really difficult for the Cowboys. But there's that high-risk, high-reward part of it, and there was the high-risk part where they failed at it, and then they gift-wrapped field position for the Cowboys. It's you know this, That goes back to, Matt, what we've talked about, where football is still a field position game, and that's where the Bears got in trouble with that. And, of course, you, know, it, it's, you, you can also talk about you know, the other things that went wrong, too, especially in the fourth quarter, because – you know, Blake got Blake Shaven got beat up. I don't know how well how physically well he was to finish that game. I mean, he was he kind of sauntered into the post game press conference a little bit woozy, and I I don't blame him because he got beat up pretty bad. But then here's the other thing: the offense had one total yard in the fourth quarter. Think about that one yard, and they still found a way to win it. Yeah, I, I, that that's a good point. I mean, it was all didn't it almost seem like the the thing got flipped from what happened in Stillwater. Yeah. I mean, like they they, yeah. they come out and they're they're on fire in that first half, and um, the I, I, Shapin was unbelievable. I mean, I, oh. I, I, he, he, I mean, there he was. Now, by the way, take me back a little bit. Shape so Shapin start seventeen for seven. I mean, he he make connects on his first seventeen passes or seventeen right. in a row, whatever it was, and and it was like the the Big Twelve uh, record for a quarterback. I mean, I I I you got I got to say, Kevin. It says a lot about that kid that I don't think the Baylor fandom, like when he trotted out there, and of course they tried to make it like Gary might play, and I think we kind of thought Gary might still be limited and all that kind of stuff. I think, I think Baylor people felt okay. I mean, kind of like, you know, usually you'd be like, golly, we're going to battle without our number one guy. And Gary's had a tremendous mm-hmm. season. But right. I, got the, I got the feeling that the Baylor fans, they see number 12 go – trotting out there and they're just fine i mean it's just well, like hey we gotta i i mean that's what's weird is baylor had honest, honestly spencer sanders osu would have been better off starting their backup quarterback they really would have <laughs> Aliensworth, yeah you know if you think about it i think the confidence in shape obviously started when he came in in the second quarter late in the second quarter at kansas state finished the game very ably uh, you know, obviously he got away with a couple of throws at Texas Tech or against Texas Tech, rather, but still was able to lead the team to a victory, 27 points, and the hot start that he got off to, 
with some pretty high percentage throws, but then some really great looking balls. Uh, the ones to uh, Thornton and of course the one to uh, Estrada in the end zone. Those a pair of those touchdown passes. I thought that he just handled things very, very well. And even when he get went into that funk at the end of the second quarter and into the third quarter, I thought that he still found a way to, to fight through it. And I think that's a credit to him because I think he finished what completing his last four or five in a row, even though they weren't high percentage throws. But I also think too that he just he remained confident in how he was running things, even though again the offense had what. I know I mentioned the one-yard uh, one total offense in the fourth quarter. Well, they have, I think, 38 for the entire second half. And I made the comment to somebody, too, Matt, that this game against the Cowboys, kind of, the second half, reminded me of the second half against Iowa State. They get out to the big lead, they, and then the offense just kind of stops. And then they, they get very few yards. And this is where the complimentary football that Dave likes to talk about where each side picks each other up, and that's where the defense really came through in the second half. Of course, what I think uh, Sanders has thrown 12 interceptions this year, and seven of them have come uh, by the Bears. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? I mean, yeah. Just, talking to Kevin Longquist from Rivals, and uh, that, that, he's got some great stuff that he puts out there. Kevin, do you um, did you sense that um, – um, I, I, they were kind of joking about the fact that they couldn't really be out on the road recruiting because they were getting ready for the Big Cold title game. So in, in some sense, they, they, they lost a, a week there. But I would think that winning the Big 12 title more than makes up for anything they would have lost from not being out on the road. As you sort of uh, – people look to you for to get a sense of how this <laughs> recruiting thing's going. Aranda was in Dallas yesterday because we know that because when he did that uh, right. news conference – he had pulled over in a Burger King parking lot, he said, in Dallas. Um, do, you, do you feel like the Bears could flip anybody, or will there be – do you think there will be any surprises down the stretch here uh, for this early uh, early signing period? Well, okay, so they're at 18. They, they actually got a tight end commitment uh, today uh, out of Houston Stratford, and uh, he's a 2023. And I think – but as far as the 2022 class is concerned – you know they have uh, they have 18. Matt, you know the NFC Sledge, the defensive end from Monroe, Louisiana, from Neville. You know he decommitted about two three weeks ago, and they were in to see him I think today. And I think they feel like they still got a shot at him. And I, and of course he took an OV to Oklahoma State a few weeks ago, but I don't think they've given up on him. And but keep in mind too that even if they finish with 18. Um, I, I still think that they'd be in a pretty good position here. Now, the one I still there's a couple of guys that I think that they still have to worry about, kind of like your Jordan Neighbors, the wide receiver from Rockwall Heath, as well as, uh, you know, uh, he, he just kind of you know because the fact that James Blanchard found him, and I'm a little bit nervous about that because I think he's going to take an OV to Tech here fairly soon, and so I'm a little bit gun shy about what that's going to mean because if they lose him, then that's a really big loss on the wide receiver side of things too. So I think those are a couple of things that they've got to, that they've got to be careful of in terms of trying to keep this class together. The, the main thing, the main thing about this, Matt, is making sure that you keep your class together. It's a really good looking group, of course, as we know, but they have to just make sure that they, you know, keep fortifying these, these relationships. You know, the other one to kind of watch too is going to be Kyler Jordan out of Lubbock Cooper. He's still playing. He's in the state semifinals this week. You know, love a kid and has this great relationship with Joey McGuire. I think that's still going to be a, 
a fight out there. Actually, you know, last week, you know, we talked about where the coaches were, you know, at home, but actually Aranda went out to Lubbock, uh, snuck out there for a day last Thursday, I think it was, to go see him. So that was kind of an important move. And I think when you bring your head coach out there, I think that kind of tells you the, the value and how the urgency that Baylor feels about trying to keep him. And so those are things that you've got to keep. I, I feel like they're in pretty good shape with everybody else in the class. But, again, neighbors, you know, Jordan, and then maybe trying to get NSC Sledge back into the class would be the three names to just kind of watch as we uh, wind down the stretch. Can they flip anybody? I think that kind of depends on, mm-hmm. you know, if, if kids are open and if they're still just not sure of where they're going to be. You know, I, that, that'll, that'll take some time over the next couple of weeks uh, about all that. I, I hope Dave and Joey had a chance to have breakfast or something while he was out there in <laughs> Lubbock. That would have been nice. Okay, last thing. I, I'm going to check your trivia. Name the two most famous quarterbacks to ever uh, come out of Houston Stratford High School. Who would that be? Oh, you should yeah, get I'm going to fail that. No, I'm going to fail it. No, so you just Why? tell me. I'm not even going to answer. I'm bad at trivia, Matt. I'm telling you. I'm bad but at no, it. No, no, no. Just think real quick. Stratford in Houston. I'll just I'll just open no. it wide open. Who are the most famous uh, college players to ever come out of Houston Stratford High School? Oh gosh, man! Why do you do this to me? Um, all right, all right. Uh, you want me to help you? Yeah, one, just, one of just one, help one of them was the out, first man. was the first overall pick for the Colts. You know, and played for a while. Good player, Andrew Luck. Okay, Andrew um, Luck. Yeah, and thank then you. one okay. one went to the University of Houston where he was a star quarterback. Who would that okay. have been? That's David Klingler. Oh, oh, David Klingler. Oh, yeah, David Klingler. I remember that's and, David. And, so, uh, uh, part of the 95 points down to the Astrodome in 1989. But don't worry about that. And, and, so. and one was a running back for your SMU Mustangs. Oh, uh, Craig James. Okay, thank you. Goodness, if you didn't get okay. that one. If okay. you didn't get that oh, okay. one, you were in major, major <laughs> trouble. Okay. All right, yeah. Uh, all right. Of course, uh, that was a little Kev- bit before my time, but still. Yeah, yeah, you weren't there for the death penalty. You came you came a couple of years after that, but um, you saw some of the aftermath of all of that all that business. Okay, it is the Matt most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin Longquist, we appreciate you. Okay, good stuff as always, and we reserve the right to call you again soon. I'll look forward to it, Matt. Take care. All my best. There he goes. Kevin Longquist from Rivals.